Okay, hi everyone. We haven't been here in a while because if you saw the Instagram post, it's like mainly we've just, you know, been busy in different continents. It's hard to arrange recording and stuff. So, but the level of busy that Sunny and I have been is like unprecedented times, if I'm being honest, for everyone. Yeah. Just like, we've never not been busy doing this, but. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, we've never not been busy, and but this has not, it's been kind of unreal. Anyways, so basically, for the past month, obviously, there's been a genocide happening in Palestine, in Gaza, and we're seeing it unfold live, and it's been incredible to see like it's been amazing in the sense of like what the hell is happening like this is wild but in the uh, and also existing as like americans living in the empire like being amidst these institutions and these governments that are so that are so like guilty yeah and then also speak (laughs) to bloody handed speak to us like we're stupid speak to us like we don't know what they're doing and act like we don't know what the fact that they are complicit and stuff it's actually crazy biden is too old and macron is too french to try and be getting away with this behavior it's actually that's ridiculous biden's old ass being like there'll never be a ceasefire you wouldn't see a free Palestine just chronologically anyway. You're going to be six feet under. You're literally so, going to be dead. Yeah. You, you might as well call a ceasefire. I mean, motherfucker. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and also you're not even going to... on Instagram. You're also not even going to be in office <laughs> in the next year. So, yeah. I mean, now what? Now? Now What? It's just... The big thing that inspired us to go on live today, which also, I am drinking tea. I do have a bit of a sore throat. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but um, the thing that inspired us to go on live today is yesterday, we were talking being like, this feels like a moment of radicalization in, like, uh, en masse about the violence specifically about settler colonialism and the interconnectedness of liberation movements in a way that is also unprecedented, where so many people who are aware of not only the settler occupation in Palestine and Gaza and the West Bank, and also just Palestine as a whole, and the illegitimate um, creation and assertion of the Israeli government, and... I think very importantly, the U.S.'s hand in that, along with, um, like, Western European interests, like, like, this is, these are all points of history and facts that can't be unknown when known. Like, I feel like United States and weapon manufacturers that are based in the United States so directly causing and committing genocide in Palestine is not a fact or reality that people are going to forget soon or easily. 
in the way that so many other things have been kind of through sleight of hand or you've had to kind of dig to find out. All of this feels very public and very radicalizing in a way that I think a lot of people are going to struggle to move past with in the way that other aggressions in Palestine have kind of been forgotten about or out of the mainstream. Um, I mean, people have been calling for a boycott to Starbucks for since the beginning I learned about um, Palestine and divesting from Israel. And I feel like at this time more than ever, people are committed to boycotts and learning about this. Yeah, for sure. Like, because the BDS movement has been going on for for fucking ever. Like, and it's something that I've been aware of and have participated in for forever. And now that it's gotten this popularity where a lot of people are participating in it and also expanding upon it and seeing their, like, you know not even just looking at the official list, but rather seeing the statements and the donations that various CEOs or companies are making publicly and then basing their support around that. I think that's pretty powerful and speaks to what you're talking about in terms of the revolutionary potential and sentiment surrounding the this movement right now. Like People are really engaged in ways that I've not seen before and people have like been active in ways that are unprecedented but also I don't know I'm I'm interested in understanding what that like the thing is is that these institutions and these schools and stuff that are trying to crack down on people for speaking up about Palestine uh, and companies and governments that are literally silencing people, arresting people, etc. for speaking out about this. Like, because so many people are doing this, hopefully, and more, like, I wonder what the... What is going to be the approach? What's the strategy for them, you know, moving forward? Since people seem to be really tuned the fuck in and uh and it does, it's not really looking it's not looking that good for Zionists for Zionists right now, to be honest. <laughs> it is PRYs, it is not looking good for Zionists as <laughs> as two people who have followed PR closely. <laughs> for, for many years as well. Yeah. On that front, and it's not looking good. And it almost reminds me of um, kind of like in in all of, of like arresting and suppressing students and um, pro Palestinian mm-hmm. activists. In um, not to be like in the documentary Thirteenth, because I mean I feel like that's <laughs> somewhat I don't know devices or, or corny to reference a Netflix documentary, but. In that documentary, one of the civil rights activists mentioned how, like, becoming arrested was an honorable thing, and he almost wanted to be arrested because that did prove that you were on the right side of the movement, and it made it so clear that police officers and, like, white supremacist law was oppressive and 
violence and not the upholder of morality and democracy in the United States. And I almost feel like with these arrests and with these violent suppressions of like by universities of student activists is like almost creating being arrested being an honor again <laughs> like it's, it's proving the lengths that people who are either in solidarity in the resistance or are part of the resistance themselves are willing to go and so explicitly showing how universities themselves as an institution are not for liberation like universities give people access to community and give ac- give people access to other people like it is a place where theoretically like-minded people and also zionists can go and the people who are doing the organizing can utilize you know the spaces that universities give them but a university ideologically cannot be revolutionary or liberatory like it is repressive by nature um and i think we're seeing that again like we did during the civil rights movement similar to the vietnam war um i could only imagine what it would be like going to university during 9-11 or in the immediate aftermath of 9-11 it seems like every 20 years or so <laughs> there is students descending like a descent a political descent by students and you know on university campuses that then gets violently repressed by the government and there seems to be a through line <laughs> like civil rights movement occupation racial oppression genocide same thing with the vietnam war same thing with the war in iraq and now we're seeing it again with not only Palestine, but also in Sudan, in the Congo, in Haiti, in Tigray, and that genocide being carried out by Ethiopia. Like, I think what's also unique about this moment is... Also Armenia. Artsakh just ethnically cleansed in Armenia. Yeah. That's true as well. Like, but through the power of the internet, all of these things are becoming more plainly and accessibly interconnected than I think that they happened before. And I think with an archaic institution, such as universities and the United States, they are not able to act as successfully um, suppress and stop the sharing of revolutionary ideology as they have been able to in the past. Yeah, maybe, yeah, it might, perhaps it's that they're less successful at suppression Perhaps it's more visible due to the nature of digital media. Perhaps I I also think that um, the nature of suppressing student organizing and student protesting and stuff. I was talking about this with you yesterday, but the reason I think one of the reasons why and someone else like people have pointed this out, like on Twitter and stuff, where there's a reason why Zionists sort of go after students because you know, you're trying to prevent people from ever getting into positions of power, people who are pursuing education uh, to, you know, become lawyers and doctors and teachers, etc., from being anti-Zionist. Like, if you can nip it in the bud, people who, you know, hold anti-occupation values and politics, if you can, you know, suppress them from even being able to obtain their education at the beginning, then, of course, they're not going to become people who be who are professors or 
doctors or you know people who can help other people in the world like that's kind of I feel like that's the point that's why Zionists are really target a specific age demographic of like kids and college students and grad students like it that's it's necessary to the project of maintaining this hegemonic worldview and also like in terms of the violence against student protesters and the surveillance of student protesters and also just like anti-occupation protesters in general it's interesting to see that um in the context of like within broader history like anti-vietnam war and anti-korean war protests and stuff because within uh, those student protests and the violent like people were like killed on on campus protests for those things but those were still those initiatives were still very much like very marginal movements within the u.s population like anti-war protests and movements in the u.s across any imperial project in the past 50 years and then the past 100 years it's always been super unpopular like 70 to 90 percent of people supported the iraq war 70 90 percent of people supported the vietnam war 70 90 percent people 70 to 90 percent of people like supported the korean war like most people support these the powers that be and i think that right now the polling that's happening regarding like ceasefire um whether the u.s should call for and enact a ceasefire is kind of revealing the same thing because i think the statistics show that like of republicans majority don't want a ceasefire of democrats like half want a ceasefire like you know what i mean and this is just for a ceasefire do you mean in polling in terms of republican politicians or in registered republicans like people like registered republicans oh okay yeah because obviously republican politicians and democrat public politicians it's it's a no all around (laughs) like exactly well that's the other thing is i feel like right now and not that this is unique to previous movements but we're seeing like and again in such a stark and explicit way representatives are not really representing anyone except for corporate Rep- interests. Yeah, of representing except who? Except for the CEOs who are invested in Israel. But you have marches that have been happening every weekend or dispersed of the week in the same areas, in the same cities, across the country for the past month. And it's, and it's been zero in terms of the U.S. government actually re- reflecting or acknowledging positively these masses of people who have come out in support of Palestine. So I think this whole idea right now, in the future, historically, ever calling the United States a democracy of any sort has never been accurate. But to say that somehow the United States is still this arbiter of democracy is is absurd. It is to see that is to not recognize reality in terms of like the current moment. Like even if you don't have the full historic context of the ethno-fascism of the United States, to have any semblance of belief that the United States has ever been or for about democracy, and especially right now, is crazy. It's crazy. And it's not accurate. Like those numbers literally do not add up. <laughs> so I think like 
in terms of, of the United States and its suppression of activists and its of students, it's like students, especially in universities, anyone above the age of 18 is a constituent, is a voting constituent that is not being, not only is not being recognized, but is also being punished by the local police department. This whole fucking freedom of speech, not that it's ever fucking existed, but is it like that facade, I think it's crumbling in front of people. And that is what has like revolutionary and radicalizing power as well. The dictatorship of the bourgeoisie, the sort of, uh, and and the totalitarianism of that can, just cannot ever be undermined or underestimated. That's just the that's the nature of our world, and <coughs> and it's why there's no such thing as like a civil democracy under capitalism. Like there's there's no such thing. There's a reason why like Palestine, Gaza has like so much natural gas. I think the Congo it's there's a lot of diamonds and natural and like I think just precious minerals and like every area of conflict there's natural resources that are involved that drive the interests of these institutions that are tied to money and like the pursuit of profit and maintaining their fucking you know the the hoard of like gold they sit on it's <laughs> that's just the nature of the situation and then the government exists to mediate that relationship that's sort of a basic tenet of like marxism you know and uh. it's i also think that oh you were saying something that yeah like the the very basic element of this is not a democracy in, in any sense and never has been and very clearly isn't right now. Like, I I think that that's why I'm so jaded about any initiatives that are like, call your representatives, etc. Because what the fuck is that going to do? Personally, I'm from St. Louis, right? And... <laughs> My St. Louis, our two congressional districts, 01, 02. 02, Ann Wagner, Republican incumbent, pro-Israel, very much so. What she She's not moving on this whatsoever. 01, Cori Bush. Cori Bush is literally the person who introduced the ceasefire bill into the House of Representatives. Like, she is the person who sponsored that bill there's i there is no one for me and people that i know where i'm from who are voting constituents to appeal to our fucking senators you mean the other republican congress people who who are up the asses of israel like there's no there is no appealing to the moral consciousness of people who have none like i don't under i mean but at the same time, these like phone banking initiatives and faxing initiatives and emailing and things like that to people who could potentially be shifted. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I never I've never lived in a place where that is the case. Um, <laughs> like people, you know, doing that. But then the reality of the situation from Congress and from the White House of people being like, yeah, we're actually sending all those calls to um, voicemail and we're putting all of your emails into the trash bin. Like, well, yeah, I'm sure you are. Because 
Yeah. What the fuck do these people have? What, what, what do they owe us, really? They're, yeah, there are government representatives. What do they owe us, though? <laughs> Literally nothing. Nothing. Well, and the fact that it's like they can't speak against their donors who fund their like campaigns and shit. Babe, what re- you get into office? What to suck up to people to sponsor you to run again? But you're not going to do anything when you're in said office. I was like, is, so is your entire career campaigning? Like your yeah. job is not to actually yeah. be representative and to represent your constituents. Your job is to just campaign every two to four years like literally that video- to people who give you money to what to make brochures shitty pins and a and a website that gets maybe 50 clicks a month by geriatrics who can't spell and don't know how to use the internet like there's no way that Zionists can be lining your pocket so with so much money that you're willing to literally have zero conscience, like to have no sense of morality at all. Because the other I, option. I don't even know what it would be like to be offered money in, in a way to turn a, not only turn a blind eye, at, at best turn a blind eye, at worst, obey, like aid in genocide. I, like, I don't even know that there is, like, no same conscious human being should have a price for that and the fact that we're seeing en masse not only in the united states but in multiple countries people do have a price for that that is absurd that's yeah. absurd yeah but that's th- horrifying mm-hmm. like the world is ran by serial killers mm-hmm. <laughs> like fanatic mm-hmm. serial killers mm-hmm. and always always has been and there's always been a price on human life. Like, that's that's the nature of how this shit works. And it's... It's... In order to be... To become in a position of power, you kind of have to understand and accept that and like it and fuck with it. Like, you have to already be crazy and inhuman to be there. And that's why those are the people who get to carry out, perpetuate, and then enable more people to carry out and perpetuate genocide and and shit and like the other thing is that yeah this shit doesn't even weigh on their conscious though because they don't think of they don't think of gazans they don't think of palestinians they don't think of brown people they don't think of arabs they don't think of muslims they don't think of people outside of america they don't even think of people inside of america as human beings like I think that people don't think of other people as human beings who are deserving of dignity, life, freedom, because of how capitalism has works. It's dehumanized. Oh, this is the alienation by capitalism to its to its highest degree. Yeah. It's it's disconnected us from our humanity so fucking much that we cannot even begin to see the humanity of others and ourselves. And it is horrifying. It's actually horrifying. And it's not even just evident in the people who are in power, but it's evident all around us in every person that we interact with and just the way that... In a way, it makes sense. Because if you can't even see your coworkers as human beings that you should respect 
how how like how is a people of a society and of a country that over decades and decades has exploited more and more and more labor to the point of creating such antagonisms and anti-union sentiments between workers supposed to give a fuck about people who not only are not their neighbors but are so far away i mean you should it it is your duty and your obligation as a living breathing human person but it's like with capitalist alienation to that degree i mean it, it feels like other settler powers and other occupying powers have been priming the world for this to happen and for so many people to also not give a fuck yeah like it's kind of it's kind of crazy and but you know also it's not even crazy because this is what this is the natural conclusion of everything actually which that's crazy but Mm -hmm. you know like i think that one of the realities of one of the realities of trying to witness and bring awareness to bring offer solidarity to people who are experiencing one of the most like horrific things imaginable is also the that people like it's interesting to see how people are unable to do the bare minimum (laughs) or also like just can't seem to get their head out of their asses or like just can't i don't know there's something there's something devoid in consciousness of people that is not clicking like the tweets of people being like oh i'm not i don't want to boycott and i'm not gonna do that like you guys are not really about it like you're just tweeting about it for real or people who just insist on being silent it's a month it's been a month nothing insist on saying nothing on social media even though that's obviously something that people have been saying is incredibly useful and important to do that that type of shit it's like yeah and that is another that's another piece of evidence of how devoid of humanity this world has made you really because how how can you live with yourself to that i think of course the answer is again the dehumanization the alienation and yeah like i don't think there's there's another answer to that and also people are so caught up with the semantics of uh like anti-semitism and um and what that (laughs) and like you know oh Palestine will be free from the river to the sea actually means that uh the Jews are Jews are all we they want all Jews to die and like to be thrown into the sea yeah shit like that right people people are really convincing themselves of this shit and really like believe this and release and really like really do and really i don't know that is just really interesting to me like 
it's I, well i feel like <laughs> it's such a hit dog holler moment because if you see your very existence as antithetical to palestinian liberation then that might be something for you to look into like i personally do not feel threatened at all nor would i feel threatened like like if there have been and there were jewish people in palestine before the nakba before the occupation before the illegitimate creation of israel like so the idea that from river to sea is talking about jewish people in palestine and not about land back and not about the end to the occupation and the apartheid state and not about letting palestinians be free in palestine like that is something that you need to interrogate because if it's like like if you feel attacked like if you feel attacked by that that is not about who you are and more about what you believe right like it's not it's really it is really interesting because also one of the arguments in one of the presentations of history that comes around in terms of the reality that like Jews lived in Palestine before the establishment of the official establishment of Israel is that like there obviously were clashes between the settlers like those Jews who had settled there and then and Palestinians who were already there and then there was the backing of the creation of Israel and the Nakba the ensuing Nakba and it's I think that like now that we we it's like uh you know a century removed from the mass migration and and attempted installation of you know attempted ethnic cleansing to install a a foreign um, presence there now that people are already there like people feel really threatened by the idea that their presence there is illegitimate um and it's the same sort of logic that like white americans have to the idea that to you know people sort of challenging the idea of like columbus day or talking about land back itself like even you know leftists and whatever like a lot of people are uncomfortable with the idea of confronting their own reality of um being like being a settler um and i think that uh that is in tandem with like the state violence that is required um that requires settlers like in order for land to be taken over for this government to claim legitimacy over that land they need settlers to settle on that land like so you're a part of that project whether you want to be or not and like if you are born of it and then you know how you resist it if you do that's its own question but so few people do that in israel like that's such a minority of a minority of the population like i think three percent of israelis support an unconditional ceasefire most israelis are just straight up fascists like it's actually crazy to witness 
Um, but I think that's just the nature of the society that you live in. And you see the same thing in white American communities, in the nature of like suburban white America, in um, like the gun culture of um, settlers in the US. Like it's, it's the same stuff. It's that reactionary, racist, misogynistic, like protectionist ownership that is so stringently you know clawing at an ownership of like private property at the expense of everything else and even like and and it's and and trying to hold on to this grasp of like the legitimacy of like their state that can only of your state that can only exist at the expense of so many people um and it's hard for so many people to wrap their minds around that and confront that um and i i think that also like the the way that it's actually it's been crazy now more so than ever because more people than ever before in my life that i've witnessed are speaking about this on from a zionist and anti-zionist perspective it's like are you speaking from are you speaking of like what people are talking about and um what they perceive as anti-semitic or as um as combating it is just has just been really interesting to see to see play out um i don't know like i've never seen so much aggressive propaganda regarding how how everything Palestinians do say and think. Mm. Renaissance just disappeared. Oh, there you are. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, is anti-Semitic. But then also now people are finally waking the fuck up to the fact that like, you know, if for decades and for generations, your people, your immediate family and your entire community has been destroyed killed and terrorized by people who are jewish doing it in the name of judaism and vandalizing your houses and bulldozing your neighborhoods you know fucking spray painting the star david everywhere what would your reaction to that be like what what would you think somehow for americans it's okay to be incredibly Islamophobic and scared of every sign of Islam or Arab identity because of, like, 9-11. But when Palestinians have suffered, you know, 75 years of displacement by people claiming to do it in the name of Judaism, their reaction to Judaism being, and Jewish people being justified being used to justify the genocide is actually it's actually crazy and it's the same playbook that americans use to justify the genocide of well it's giving reverse racism is what what it's giving it's giving the same ideological ground or legitimacy as reverse racism as reverse racism i think in terms of you were talking earlier about the settler position I think, like, white Americans 
want to and try to like project the same distance in terms of um, inheriting violence that white Americans have currently in 2023 in comparison to the inception of the Mm -hmm. United States. Whereas Israel is so much younger that settlers there are active settlers, active participants Mm -hmm. and are face to face with the people of whose homes land they're stealing and people who are there I don't want to call them civilians because they're not Mm -hmm. but people who maybe are not actively in the IOF are still committing violence and are facets of this genocide in a way where in the United States your family could have been here for you know much longer than any current young person in Israel could ever claim and and in the state of of occupied Palestine right now is active in that violence in a way where white Americans can be very sanitized and very removed from the reality of settler occupation and the fact and the fact that they descend from occupiers or there are now so many white Americans whose family immigrated to the United States after a such active settler occupation of violence. Not that it didn't happen and not that it, it takes that away, but I think a lot of white Americans try to project that distance onto, onto what's happening in Israel. Yeah. But that's in not... In a way that is not accurate. Mm-hmm. And, like land back potential and also people who and indigenous palestinians in palestine like there literally is just like more of them or like ratio wise like it is so much more feasible not that it's not feasible in the united states because it should happen and it and it is feasible but like it's just so apparent like that it is possible in Palestine, which leads to the violent oppression and the genocide and, and the reactions that we're seeing right now. But it's almost like that, as if this has always happened or as if there is like a long line of descendants. This is the natural continuation yeah, of history. This is exactly, how it's supposed to go. Like, that is just not true. And I think that, that a lot of white Americans need to think that as a way to avoid confronting confronting their own history and their own reality and their own placement in the united states um yeah and thus a byproduct of that is at best being neutral at worst being pro-genocide yeah like pro-genocide these and what's what's crazy is that like people are the the question of people love to bring up this question of like well what will happen to the settlers under with a free palestine or with a under like a with land back or whatever and it's like well we're not even that is between them and the international court system that is that is when either of them are tried for robbery <laughs> or murder like i, mean, I don't know there's we're not even a quarter of the way to there. What are you even talking about? There's actively bombs being dropped right now. There's still reservations in the U.S. Like, 
people are so like what do you mean you're scared of this potential future that is actually a reality of incredible amounts of suffering that people are currently facing because you don't want to deal with the oppressor's biggest fear is that what they're doing to other people will happen to them yeah it's the same thing with like you know anti-feminist rhetoric where it's like but i don't want to be treated like a woman yeah you don't want to be treated like women because women are treated like shit like you don't there's there's no you don't want to see that happen but the reality of the situation is that under liberation in any means yeah, some people are going to have to suffer. Some people are going to have to die because, yeah, like Nazis are going to have to die. Fucking, you know, capitalists are going to have to die. The people who are actively committing genocide are going to have to be tried and die. Like, this is, that's just the nature of how this shit is, um, how this shit works. Like, that, that, that is the case, but for the vast majority of people and for people who exist under a free Palestine and who would exist under a free Palestine and who exist who would exist under, you know, um anti-colonial unoccupied land and territory, the the th- the existential threat of their like identity and reality is just not something that is a legitimate like fear like you don't you can still i don't know like people can still you can is not the is the point of is not the point of a free palestine and for a liberated world and humanity for that people can just exist for who they are and what they are without experiencing oppression and apartheid and you know restriction to basic necessities like that is is that not what we want for people so the fact that you think extending that to people who currently don't have it is a threat is an existential threat to you is kind of it's reflective of your own you know moral the 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 lack of morality and this whole of conscious this black hole of consciousness within you um, that you can't even imagine a liberated world. You can only imagine a world that exists uh, upon constant violence and repression and bombing and displacement. Like, you can't imagine peacefully coexisting with people who are not like you and people who have been here for centuries and that you've, and you've been there for decades. Like, you can't imagine that. You, you can't imagine existing like that and you don't want to live in that reality and that is your racism that you need to confront that is something that you need to deal with that's like not the pr- that's not our problem <laughs> like it's not really it, that part and also i think there i saw like a screenshot of the tiktok i mean also side note can we all just be grateful of how removed i am from the tiktok community i don't need, imagine if we were as active on tiktok right now as we were in the beginning like two years ago Uh, yeah that would be crazy oh god but i saw a screenshot of a tiktok of from an occupier being like i can't wait till this is over so we have disneyland oh yes i was showing that to people because like you're crazy and you need to kill yourself and it's like like, i'm sorry you're you're putting through you not only gazans and palestinians but the world through this 
So you can have a Sephora. So you can have a a A Disneyland. Disneyland. (laughs) Bitch. Bitch. The fact people are Israelis posting like, 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 oh, you are supporting and rooting on this level of violence for three hour lines for a mid ass roller coaster. And dead ass. After some dirty ass water. Dead ass. And eat, and eat some overpriced mid-ass food and get overpriced makeup that's made in the same manufacturers as the fucking stuff in a CVS. Like, and, and shitty-ass coffee. First of all, if, if you're in Occupied Palestine and you want Starbucks as your drink of choice, that's like... You're crazy. On multiple levels. You need to reevaluate yeah. your wants, desires, <laughs> beliefs, ideologies. Because if, like, if that is worth it, I was like, a, a revolution for liberation. If someone said, and you'll never go to Disney, like, like as if they're going to be a communist Disneyland or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like under, like Stalin. Un- under communism, like, there will be no amusement parks. Yeah, no roller coasters. Like, Stalin actually... Roller coasters abolished. You're not allowed to go more than five miles per hour under communism. Lenin actually said, roller coasters are not allowed under socialism. You are, like... Okay, sure. Fine. But, like, if that was really the, the dire price we had to pay for goddamn no more genocide, I mean, without even hesitation or second thought, Obviously, I'd give up Sephora, Disneyland, and Starbucks <laughs> for World War II for humanity. Most people would not, because a lot of these seventeen-year-olds are like, "I'm not, I'm not giving up my daily Starbucks for this." <laughs> and they just say that, and they just it's, say that. And it's like also globalization has taken us to a point. I'm, I'm like, like. I was like, people are so afraid of a future, like, of, I mean, like you said, of a future that they're willing to support this level of violence. But it's like, it, it, it is also such a limitation of imagination. I was like, all you can imagine is the violent oppression and genocide against others or... Or constant consumption of your yeah, lifestyle. Or, or constant consumption and, and these constant, like, empty, hollow, meaningless comforts at the end of the day. I was like, these things that are seen as such precious comforts to you are not even comforting you. Like, how are they comforting you? Comforting you? Meanwhile, you are apathetic to genocide. Comforting you to what ends? To what means? You know what comforts me? Um, MarxistLibrary.org. <laughs> you know what comforts me? The audio, the YouTube audiobook of State and Revolution by Lenin. Like, you know what comforts me? Relationship with people in my community that have similar politics to me and the way that we show up for each other in our actual lives. And guess what? The amount of times that Disneyland, Starbucks, and fucking Sephora come up in those conversations is zero, except for the times when we take a couple of minutes to giggle and laugh at y'all dumbasses who do think that shit. That is the time that these superficial comforts come up in conversation. Like, it is absurd how 
posting. We are hour after hour, day after day, people digging through rubble with dying iPhone flash, committing surgery in hallways with iPhone flashlights to attempt to save someone in their community. And you're telling me you can't give up Starbucks? There are people who are sharing and giving away the little food and water that people have access to to make someone else slightly actually more comfortable. And by that, I mean... Alive. Alive. It's not even comfort. Alive. And you can't maybe take public transportation to somewhere, like, and not buy Monster, not buy a Coca-Cola product, not not Uber Eats McDonald's at 3 a.m., it's crazy. It's actually crazy. Like, and I'm also, I'm also just astounded at the, the way that people are, hmm, the way that people, I, look, look, I really want, I really, really want for people who can, are, you know, settlers and are so you know entitled to these comforts or whatever and to the luxuries of overconsumption and hyper individualism i want them genuinely to experience what palestinians are experiencing for like a day like can i and actually actually i want what? you guys Americans to are so weak they wouldn't last 20 seconds i'm like i'm not even saying that that um hypocritically I don't think I would last very long myself. I'm also not fucking turning a blind eye to this genocide. Like, people love to to come at you and it's like, okay, but you're doing nothing. You have access to the exact same knowledge as I do. And somehow coming out of this more apathetic. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm like, listen, I want every Israeli and Jewish American who's like, I'm... I'm so scared for my life right now, you know, from their, like, fucking 3,045k a month New York City apartment, like, you know, I want them to experience white phosphorus, their family dying in front of their eyes, rubble falling all around them, digging their siblings out of six feet of rubble, like, I want you, I really want you to experience that. I wish that for you. I wish that for you. And I am so serious and dead ass. Because then... The things that you say are your greatest fears, you should experience that. Like, if you are so scared, if if all these things that, that are being committed in your name scare you to experience so much, try it. But also, they're not even scared of what's actually happening. People are scared of a hypothetical. Israelis are scared of a hypothetical free Palestine. Jewish Americans are scared of the hypothetical anti-Semitic violence of what free Palestine means. Like, you're scared. You're scared of what? That's why I want you to face the reality of the the real, the real harm and violence that people are facing. What is your fear in the face compared to the fear of people who are watching their family members die. Like, 
I, watching the Doctors Without Borders and, like, nurses and surgeons and doctors tweet and make videos and talk about what they're witnessing and call for help, and the calls for help, and people who have left the region, people who are still in the region, who are still serving patients, like, has been, like, I was watching this one Doctors Without Borders woman who, she was giving her speech, and she was talking about how, like, this doctor, he he like found the bodies or the the bodies of his medical like i think the the person he trained under um in, in medical school or something in medical training like the bo- his body came into the hospital he saw like he was dead and his daughter was dead and like but he didn't have but the doctor who was who 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 so, saw these bodies like he 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 realized that they who these people were and that ha- his relationship to them and then realized that he didn't have anyone to tell because these their entire families their entire extended families had also died like very recently from the bombing and then he just had to like go continue with his job and continue treating other people and go through other people's family members corpses there's like people are like running out of like, people are running out of... There's no, you know... There's, people like... Are, people are running out of people to mourn with. The people who they mourn with are dying. And that is a level of tragedy that is, like, so hard to sit with that people are actually experiencing yeah. right now. And... the That acronym that's, like, unknown child... Uh, no surviving relatives or something like the amount of orphaned children the amount of surviving kids and babies whose whole families have been wiped out like there's no auntie to take care of them they've died there's because because right now it's like there's like hundreds of people sheltering there's you know dozens of people hundreds of people who are all in one extended family sheltering in a house that will then get bombed and then when digging through the rubble to look for survivors, there'll be, like, one survivor, and it'll be, like, a kid. And it's... And it's so tragic. Like, but then, of course, all the people who are doing all of this on-the-ground humanitarian work of documenting what's happening, taking care of people, trying to, you know, dig people out of the rubble and treat people, like, are just having to help like community members that they're not you know are, that they're not related to and are sort of you know are bonded in this like moment of tragedy in assisting like kids that you otherwise have no relation to like that is insane that is insane like and and a lot of these kids are going to grow up like not remembering or knowing anything of their families or their parents because of this because of this bombing like 10,000 people have been murdered um oh my god uh the 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 discussion the the martyr discussion people talking about um how the using the term huh yeah tell me i haven't seen any any martyr discussion Ugh, people discourse about that in particular yeah people have been discoursing about why the term martyr is like problematic or whatever or not problematic people have just been fear-mongering about like the islamic jihad or 
or whatever implications of calling people martyrs. And I'm like, this how I this is how I know y'all are not y'all don't know shit for real because how long have Palestinians been calling people who've been murdered by the occupation martyrs? How long? Decades. For uh, since the since the beginning of this. Like and and now you have a problem with this. Oh, now you have a problem with from the river to the sea because it's a Hamas slogan. How long have people been saying that? You guys don't know oh. shit about shit. Everything being Hamas. And I Everything it's being in the Hamas. That it's used in the human shield, like the most plain, obvious justifications for genocide, everything being Hamas. I mean, I, th- I think Umfi Noor made a tweet being like, and the bubonic plague was started <laughs> by Hamas. Like, it is like people, people stub their toe and think that Hamas was behind it. Like, it has, I mean... It's 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 ridiculous. The the crumb the crumb the speck of a crumb of something to justify genocide against the Palestinians, but will ignore the seventy five near eighty years of violent occupation of Palestine. The number of Palestinians who have been martyred. Apparently, hashtag call me controversial for using that word. And, like, the inception of Zionism as a political movement, not as a tenet of Judaism. Um, And, like, what happened to, oh, I hate colonizer Brits, I hate colonizer British, English people are the root of all evil, da-da-da-da-da. But when, time and time again, you're told, that Israel and Zionists went to the UK, went to England to enact the settler occupation and to enact this moment of colonization and colonialism from the OGs, all of us, and are now being backed by the US, by the US government, we are forgetting. It is no longer back. Actually, Hamas is the problem. What are you talking about? And I, I, a, a part of, on, on top of or adjacent to this centering, and you were talking about it earlier, of anti-Semitism and what is happening in Palestine, and this, um, this assumption or this expectation that, that, um, anti-Semitism is going to be on the rise or that we're using anti-Semitism to justify the genocide against Palestinians. That centering in this conversation really annoys me and pisses me off. And the whole thing about October 7th, going back to October 7th, time and time again. No. (laughs) I, I denounce that. Like, don't bring that up. But if we are going to talk about it, heavy asterisks on the if. The fact that Israel knew ahead of time, the IOF increased the number of deaths by just mindlessly shooting and targeting people in the area. And they keep the on fudging that, the fucking numbers. They said a thousand and four hundred people and died. Dare I ask the question, why the fuck was there a concert happening there? Anyway. <coughs> yeah, that's 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 a point that people have been continuously continually brought bringing up um because it's a fair question. That's that's that what that shouldn't be happening. Like 
Wait, it says real quick. Did you see, did you all see that fake video of a doctor who said fuel was being stolen by Hamas? Yeah, I didn't watch the video, yeah. but I saw people. And the bread in my kitchen was being stolen in the middle of the night. My bread and butter keep getting stolen by Hamas too. Like, sure. I'm gonna, the next time, when the IRS comes for me, I'm sorry, Hamas actually. I, I was, I literally sent my money for my taxes and Hamas stole it. <laughs> Like, I literally paid my taxes. Like, bumping over a pothole? Fuck, that was a Hamas rocket bomb. Like, like, literally, this is what y'all sound like. Like, you know what? And, and... It, whoever fucking goes to Disneyland next, I hope I hope when you're waiting in a three hour line for a mid ass ride, you think it's Hamas's fault too. I hope I hope I hope I hope you have a shitty ass time. Every time you you spend seventy five dollars at a Sephora for four items, guess guess what? It's Hamas Hamas Rob. Yeah. Like, oh. up. It is so. It is so stupid. Even from the bullshit to the real. It has been bastardized and twisted, and there have been an onslaught of lies from is from Israelis and Israeli propaganda. Like on on every level, it's it has been detrimental, genocidal, to extremely inconvenient to having to face people who are so apathetic about genocide and or agree with genocide in the day to day life. It's enough to be like, maybe this shouldn't happen because there actually need, there needs to be a ceasefire, land back, and also just a giant fucking pause on humanity so that people can get their fucking wits about them and realize that maybe they need to give a shit about people in the world on the most basic level. Like, beyond learning about settler occupation and the politics of settler colonialism, outside of imperialism outside of racism and dehumanization like do we need a fucking worldwide lesson on what it means to be a goddamn human being again like and i mean that so that like at a certain point learning about the ins and outs of fascist ideology becomes superfluous to the fact that you don't know how to be a fucking sympathetic human being on a basic level yeah capitalism has destroyed like social human relations um and that's revolution is revel socialism is going to be is the cure to apathy and the inability to be a human being i think like i think that's really the only way because i'm a communist because i care like from, from the beginning of my communist education i'm a communist because i care that's yeah. it and then you learn and you read things and you realize that there are like there is a lot of analysis and when you're confused about why things are being played out the way that it is why like i mean we bring up state revolution all the time it's kind of a, a cliche of, of a bit of a gag but i remember texting sunny the first time i read it being like this is AOC. This is about Bernie Sanders. Like this is like, uh, and it was written a hundred like a hundred years prior to when I read it. Like it answers questions and points of confusion that I've had in terms of why the world works the way that it does. But in terms of my interest in communism and theory and why I am a communist, 
is at the root of it because I have a love and care for humanity and for people in the world. Like, both the people who live on it and ecologically as well. The use of this many bombs in such a concentrated area, the burning of trees, the simply the use of white phosphorus, the lack of resources to this area and to these people on an ecological level is is terrible like terrible there's not even a word to understand the ecological impact that this is going to have not only right now these upcoming seasons when we have already been losing the battle to climate change like war is so destructive to the environment war is so destructive they want to continue this into lebanon as well I was like, first of all, that should tell you that this isn't about fucking hostages or October 7th, even though that is... It's about expansion. It's always been about expansion. Israel wants to expand across the region, and the U.S. wants it too because there's oil, there's money, and there's more oil. But the, the way that the U.S. and these companies who want this are going to use the oil is only going to expedite yep. climate change yep. and the destruction of yep. the earth itself even faster. Yep. I was like committing genocide and settler colonialism for expansion for resources that you are not going to use for for good you're bombing the earth to to get natural resources to kill the earth to expand more to kill the like it this is the endless cannibalism and and death the death cycle of of capitalism um and it is so illogical like i was like like you you are not you but like ceos and people who are in positions of power who are committing this and supporting this and funding this are selling their souls ruining the earth and taking these lives for a temporary profit that means nothing for a number on an electronic bank account so that, that they might as well wiped around like that can continue to go on their fucking yachts and like emit more what if i don't recognize the currency of of the united states like the western like like that means so less than nothing less than nothing and the other thing is that the earth and people it's not even going to it's not even about the conscious the consciences and the lack thereof of these people of these CEOs and whatnot, because due to the nature of capitalism, due to the nature of, uh, you know, the, 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 the cycle of violence and this death trap of capitalism, no matter who is in power, you could, you could kill, you could wipe out all the CEOs right now. You could replace Netanyahu with whoever the fuck else in the Knesset or Knesset. I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't know how to say any of these, um, Hebrew or Israeli words. Anyway, um, you could replace any, you could replace Biden with who fucking ever. It, you could replace Congress with whoever. None of these people are anything but the cogs and the machines for, for how this shit is going to work and play out. Because the end goal is still that. It's still, it's totally amoral. It's, it's removed from morality. It's about expansion and capital. And at the, at the expense of your own humanity, other people's humanity, the real lives of others, like, it will, and 
it's the it's a death trap and it's always going to be and it doesn't matter who is in power and who f- sits in those positions and roles and who at any moment is but, profiting the power unless it's Mao or Starwin or anyone else who wants to come up from the dead <laughs> like really the sort of uh, I don't it's like and it's tr- it's true that well and also what Hamas actually is doing right now in terms of the guerrilla warfare that's being fought against the IDF, the IOF, and, you know, there's... there. Good job, guys. Woo! The, the, fans the, the soldiers and guerrillas. The, the, the fan cams. Like, yeah. Guess what? And I fucking eat it up. No. Because how are you going to have your own military funding? The backing of the U.S., in several Western European countries and still get like sniped out like by people by people with no military like and that is why they bomb and drop things from the sky on civilians or are snipers from afar like fucking on kids on disabled on disabled people waving white flags or whatever they can use as white flags trying to leave a corridor you're doing that shit because your fucking comrades in the iof are getting sniped out by hamas in in israel like like that's what's actually happening because this is not about defeating hamas ever all the comments talking about like warfare that people are fighting is it's incredible and it's boundary breaking it's innovative it's really like really the the these startup companies gotta tap into this you know what i mean (laughs) like like what's what's happening here it comes from the innovation and what you're willing to actually do for survival liberation commitment of literally defending your people and living people Mm -hmm. I remember, so in, in like, 2020... It's literally a matter of life and death for Palestinians, mm-hmm. whereas people for, like, occupiers and settlers, they can either go anywhere else or live, like... I mean, they shouldn't live in Palestine because of what they've done, but, like, theoretically, live in Palestine. Like, that is not your home, which is why you're so fucking bad at, quote-unquote, defending it. Like, yeah. 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 And also, like, the thing is, also, is that Israel has some of the highest income inequality in the world, like, in, in, the, in the first world, like, rivaling America. So people who can't, like, just leave, you know, people who've been there for multiple generations, people who've been born there, raised there, that's their culture, and that's you know, their neighborhoods and the people they know and the communities they know and stuff, they exist under this, like, Zionist indoctrination of defending their homeland, which is obviously illegitimate when considering the the nature of an expansionist, expansionist settler colonial project. But when it comes to people who are, like, 
Israeli academics who've studied settler colonialism or Israeli like activists who are anti-occupation and whatnot who are you know obviously a very slim minority of the population like those people are not the ones who have the capacity to like leave you know what I mean like the people who have the capacity to leave are the people who have passports and visas to other countries who are leaving because there's war and they don't want to be there because they're fucking scared and they don't it's not their land to defend for people who are willing to live under a free Palestine and who are willing to live alongside Palestinians what threat is there to their existence exist like existentially for what's happening like yes people are going to die like people are israelis are going to die civilians are going civilians are going to die iof soldiers mostly are going to die mostly iof soldiers are the people who were killed on october 7th like is what we're seeing because israel's been very hush hush about the numbers and the names of people that have been murdered and people have just been spreading like children have been murdered women have been raped uh civilians have been killed grandmas and the elderly like where are you getting this information i would like to know i'm kind of confused because where are you getting this because you're pulling it out of your ass really also that was 1400 people what's the population of israel probably in the millions right so how is it that every fucking jew that is on the internet right now is talking about how their family was affected and they know someone who died that's not true you're lying you are lying published piece of ink on paper saying that every member of their family that lives in occupied palestine right now has been killed or experienced violence in by by hamas again which again only exists in gaza but apparently Hamas in the West Bank, Hamas in North Occupied Territories, Hamas in the South, whatever the Hara- fuck. Hamas in Tel Aviv, in Jerusalem, in, yeah. like, Hamas everywhere, I guess. Like, like it's like, numbers-wise, y'all are lying. But anyways, I did want to get to this one question um, that we got, which is, what do y'all think about the censoring of celebrities and waiting for them to, quote-unquote, say something? Which... For me, I think, I think, well, we've said multiple times, celebrities should not be who you base your politics on. Your political leaders, your ideological influencers should not be celebrities. And not just because of, like, hashtag anti-celebrity, whatever, because clearly Sunny and I engage in celebrity culture, but just because they're regular people, like, like, any person can be invested or not invested in reading theory or being on the right side of history or knowing what the fuck they're talking about. Celebrities, just because they have a platform, are not exempt from being dumb as fuck. You know what I mean? And many of the times we have seen that celebrities are, in fact, dumb Stupid. as fuck. But there is something to be said about in this time when people are being asked to post and, and mm-hmm. like... Combat propaganda. Make, yeah combat propaganda when israel has like the iof and even just the state of israel has social media accounts it's I'm actually serious. quite important mm-hmm. that celebrities and influencers who have hundreds of thousands tens of thousands of millions of followers say something and that is not only i just want peace and i'm against all civilian life dying and 
I condemn violence. I don't. I'm in fact pro-violence. Who like, moved? Violence that I am for is violence of, of the resistance. Violence Who for moved at I am against violence? Like, I, y'all, y'all's PR teams are so unserious, and you guys I are think, cowards. I think no children should. I think the whole. Also, I think I tweeted this like a weeks ago. But whenever someone says Israel and Palestine, like, puts Israel first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It at all. It, like, it, it's, like, I think Israeli and, and lives and Palestinians. I know. It's always an asterisk. Like, it's, like. You can hear the way like, they're hedging themselves. Exactly. So, it's, like, do I think that we should be fucking holding our breath for celebrities who are going to put out milquetoast-ass statements like that? Like, no. I... I, I don't think that that should be the censoring. I think when you have someone like, um, who's Amy Schumer? Oh my God. Get, yeah, Amy like, Schumer and Noah Schnapp. You need an Angelina Jolie posting. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you need some a celebrity of that magnitude and of that influence and of, with that many followers and someone who's posting. You need a Susan Sarandon to fucking say things and go to protests and post things when you have so like amy schumers and so many fucking other celebrities i can't even and sarah silverman's posting what they are like it is not only a battle and um violence that is happening like in palestine and in occupied palestine and between the indigenous and settlers it is also an ideological conflict. It is also a battle of ideologies and of solidarity. It's a PR of, campaign. And a PR campaign. Yeah. In which case, by the nature of celebrity and living in a culture and a society and an economy that even creates something like the celebrity, so celebrity is different from the, an actor, like the job. Or is and a celebrity is different from a singer, someone who sings. The fact that the class of celebrity exists in this current society, we need those people to say something. And we need them to say something intelligent. Something meaningful. And meaningful. That is the main issue. We got a lot of celebrities doing this, but it's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. It's a whole lot of, again, nothing at best or fucking zionist at worst and the reality for many of these people that's the issue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i mean like i think that the angela the angelina jolie post and the backlash against it is has and also the way that the fucking israel instagram and social media accounts will like go after celebrities mm-hmm. it's we need we need the what's um bella hadith's father again he need he like but anyways like we need we need Mr. Hadid, Monsieur Hadid, him like we need that. No, we like need that. his I, it's unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and oh my god, I was also saying, uh, I regarding TikTok that you mentioned earlier, um, 
I have been, I haven't been posting on TikTok, but I've been using our TikTok account to, like, look at what people have been posting and stuff. And it's interesting, like, what people are, it's, like, a lot of people are very, are very active in expressing their pro-Palestine views and giving really solid, like, advice and um, sort of guiders for boycott guidelines and you know how to get your money out of the starbucks accounts and shit like that um and and coverage and like news coverage on what's happening and so there's that but i mean there's also people like stitching and combating like israeli propaganda and zionists talking their shit and like Israelis being like, ah, you know, talking shit from their ass. And <laughs> some of the stuff that I've seen is just really interesting um, in terms of, like, hmm, the, the projection of these, of these Zionists and Zionist occupiers of, like, oh, and these, and this is, like, the... <laughs> that more more Jews have died on October 7th that since like the Holocaust or whatever right that and then also like oh this is like the the this is like the Holocaust all over again blah 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 now hold on hold on a second hold let's 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 okay hold on let's let's put a pause to this do y'all not let's do y'all not hear how crazy y'all sound like do we not hear how crazy we sound right now? During the Nazi Holocaust, six million people died? Like, three million Jews? Like, exterminated. Concentration camps. Gassing. And you're saying that 1,200 people, most, at least half being literal soldiers, is comparable to that? Like, can we, are we, are we, am I hearing that right? Okay, so there's that. Secondly, like, it's just such projection because if any, the Nazi state right now is Israel. Like, who is doing Nazism? Ethnic cleansing, creating concentration camps, mass killing, genocide of people based off of their ethnicity and religion. Like, trying to destroy a culture in order to take their land and resources because they are a blight on society, supposedly. Literally what Israel is doing. What Israel is doing. Israel's expansionist project, that was the Nazi expansionist project of dominating Europe. Like, that's what Israel's trying to do across the Middle East. Like, it is, the playbook is the same. Hamas is ISIS. Girl, the IOF is ISIS. Y'all are fighting in the name of God or whatever for your land. And for, that's, that, sound, that sounds like ISIS to me. Like, that is, is that not religious extremism and military acts of violence in the name of military extremism? And like, you know, terrorism because you're killing thousands of innocent civilians because they're not Jewish? But it's okay because it's not an Islamic extremist group. It's it's the state of Israel that is legitimate. Like that is what that is the reality of the situation. And everyone who is involved in this and perpetuating it sounds 
actually insane. If you have any like working brain cell and capacity for understanding like what is actually happening in the world, because how can you say these things with a straight face and be so dead ass and so like, this is the truth, but that's how they are. Like they're so, they're like crying, being like, oh, so many people. What? You people are crazy. There's a through line of the defunding of public education and the no child left behind policy to Zionist propaganda TikToks going viral. <laughs> like, there is a there is a through line. You have to un- maintain an uneducated population, generation after generation, for decades, in order for like counterpoints like that to be given any sort of merit by any thinking person by any person of thinking conscious sound mind to believe that for even a second you have to have a violently and oppressively undereducated society and violently racist propaganda society that's what part of the the uneducation like if you were actually educated not even just about rape, like about race, about people, about the conception of racism, inception of racism, and, and the idea of race in and of itself, which is basic and easy history to understand. Might I add, you don't fucking need a PhD to get this. Like this wouldn't fly anyway. So it's like it's absurd that it's happening, and also it shows like how mystified. And, like, the Holocaust has become such mythology to people. Like, the ideology that allowed for Nazism, the history of anti-Semitism in Europe, like, the actual tragedy of the Holocaust has been made into... This depoliticized thing. This thing that... It's it's Holocaust... And that is so reserved and segregated to the past mm-hmm. it's so a revisionist from neo-nazi yeah and nazi yeah <laughs> like as if nazism like fully stopped because of the end of the war is it's crazy like true. it's 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 historical revisionism it's Mm -hmm. a denial of political reality it's a denial of historical reality and truth like Nazism is alive and well, always has been. Most Nazis, most SS generals and shit after after World War II fucking found solace in the West. Like, C- Canada, yeah. the U.S., across Latin America. Like, that's in- documented, factual, true. Covered up their history a little bit. You know, it that... Maybe, sometimes. You know, some people, did, some people did it more thoroughly than others. Like, the fact of the matter is that... People don't actually understand the political reality of of Nazism and what led up to the Holocaust, what led up to these genocides of ethnic minorities, because they don't understand, like, they, they, they don't think of these things as interrelated. They think of these things as isolated moments of violence. It's the same way that people view any any mo- any any example and any moment of violence against an oppressed like minority group like people think of rape against women and like racial uh like hate crimes against you know racial minorities in the u.s and like 
that people think of these things as like isolated instances like they think of domestic abuse and like shit like that as like these like specific bad a bad man did a bad thing a bad person did a racist thing they don't think of these things as like larger political projects that are constantly perpetuated through the systems of society at large enabled by everyone and just you know like seeping into every aspect of culture and society like you don't think about it that way that's why people are so blind like and it's one of the reasons why people are so fucking blind to ethnic cleansing in that's 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 been happening for decades and that happens all over the world like there's it's a specialized to make unique and to identify instances of violence as special as pertaining to only one element of history one moment one individual it's this great man of history fallacy it's the it's a bullshit revisionist um and non-materialist idealist perception of how history and reality plays out um israel tries to it's actively and within its own policy and legislation needs to create establish and maintain a jewish dominant uh majority population and the fact that like 45 percent of uh israel and like the region is like arab palestinian uh, muslim is a threat to this reality of trying to establish this ethno state is um it's really like it i think for for zionists and for zionist sympathizers and for the state of israel and for people who are like really you know defending that to view themselves as the minority defending themselves against this horde of like brown people surrounding around <laughs> surrounding them trying to encroach on their existence it's a really um it's a really um classic line of logic of the way that i have to sneeze but now it went away. Um, it's a classic line of logic that all colonial officers and occupiers have always felt. Like, from South Africa to Algeria to, like, to India. You know, the British yeah. colonial officers and French colonial officers standing there being, like, in, in Burma or whatever, being like, the wow. <laughs> yeah, looking around being like, wow, all, all these dirty brown and black people, ugh, we have to dominate them because there's too many of them literally the same logic except now contemporarily it's oh these terrorists oh these uh anti-semites like y'all are the same but the thing is that these people don't even think i think the reality is these people don't even think of colonialism and the history of it as like bad they think of it as a neutral reality of the fact of how things have played out and that this is like in the same way neutral and fine i think that and it's rooted of course in this racism and the dominant ideology of how colonialism is like good um fundamentally that sort of enables this um ultimately which is wild i was gonna go back to one of your points about the tiktoks though is like in this um mythologizing of the holocaust as well and using like the like Israel and Israel's PR bastardizes Judaism and the history of the Holocaust in order to justify its quote unquote legitimacy as a state. In all of that, in these crocodile tears, in terms of that, and also the perspective that you just described of 
the colonizer being surrounded by the people that they're trying to colonize and thus using that as so then now we must dominate you is like fuck i forgot my point it's (laughs) it's so like oh why do palestinians have to pay the price of that like to me like in these points in these counterpoints it's still like at, at, at the end of that through all of that and that twisted logic the only conclusion at that point is you see palestinian lives as dispensable as as not lives actually in order for the bastardization and the twisting of of the religion and of the the history of the 20th century and the genocide against jewish people in europe in order for those things to be justifiable, you must also then agree that the price of that is the Palestinian people. Sovereignty, indigeneity, population, culture, livelihood. That in and of itself, like to know the history of the Holocaust and the Jewish plight, also, you then have to recognize that the only thing that is leading to the rise of anti-Semitism in this current phase of occupation Palestine is what Israel is doing for the public perception of Jewish people. Like, who is, like what is the cause of this rise in violence in both Islamophobia and anti-Semitism is Israel. And not <laughs> Hamas, I don't know if anything, it's not Palestinians. Like, what is leading to this, to these outer facets of violence and to these, like, extra tendrils and octopus limbs of colonialism and fascistic violence is the fascist state. Like, through all of that, through all of this twisting of reality, through thinking that colonization is good and that it is the neutral way that history and humanity has played out means that you feel that the people who are martyred, the people who have lost their lives to these projects, the society and the, and not society, the suppression and the violence against these people is the logical and neutral price to pay for the upkeep and the maintenance of these ideologies and of these projects. That is, that at the end of all of that, even if you go down through the through the Zionist logic of it all. At, at the root of it and at the base of it is a deep alienation of humanity. Like, and that is so sick. And that is so tragic. And that is something that apparently repeats itself decade after decade at different points of the world. And that's also think at the beginning of, of this live stream we talked about the possible the revolutionary possibility of the amount of information that is being spread, the amount of awareness that is being spread, the amount of um, anti-imperialist sentiment that is being felt right now by more people than I think I've witnessed. And that only feels more present than even Black Lives Matter or the radicalizing nature of COVID-19, for example. Honestly, I thought, like, occupying aggression uh, Black Lives Matter and COVID-19 was going to be the thing to wake everyone up. <laughs> like, like, if I'm being honest, I don't know how we got to a state of normal 
after that. So I'm really thinking that that being in such recent history and a moment of coming of age for so many people who are now organizing in the face of this current occupying violence. Fingers crossed. Like, all of this and the delineation of these logics coming to the end of the world, dehumanization, um, the fact that your governments do not represent you, the fact that we have fascism saying that it's democracy when it is really not. We have people who are willing to turn a blind eye to thousands and thousands of lives for fucking Disneyland, Sephora, and Starbucks. Um, that people want land that has homed olive trees longer than your family has fucking been in continental United States. Like, the fact that people are, are, are and, and that are now being burned. Like, the fact that all of this is happening and we're being informed of that, and in such, like, it feels like epic moments of tragic capitalism keep happening in faster and faster succession will be what keeps this revolutionary momentum. Yeah. Because even now, it seems like these revo- these moments and these liberation movements, not only in Palestine, but around the world, are also being publicly recognized as interconnected. Mm-hmm. And the plight, uh, like, to the, tra- like, the anti-trans movement and fighting against that was so popular and so public and so explicit that then it feels like it's leading into this, like the interconnectedness of that. And then it's really important. Also reminds me before we go. Um, one more question from Um uh, Poof Times. So what do you guys think about people who only started caring about Palestine after discovering it is also a queer issue? Personally, I find it very sus. Yeah, it's stupid. Like maybe if you only care about uh if you only care about people and places because you figure that there are gay people there and queer people there because obviously queer people are everywhere, then, you know, you're probably just like a bad person and racist and need to reevaluate because you why why it, again back to the alienation and dehumanization element like why is someone being a person not enough for you and of course that like people are zionists and zionist talking points often rely on this pink washing principle of if you go to palestine they will kill you for being gay <laughs> right um and it's but like also, i think so said like if you think that Bitch, I have news to tell you about the U.S. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's like, what the fuck do you need? Yeah. Do you know what it's like to be gay and trans in conservative, small, isolated, conservative communities in the United States? And There's... you think that people are supposed to be pro-Israel because of what Hamas has said about gay people? What about what current sitting American politicians have said about gay and trans people? What about what, have, what Israelis and Israeli politicians say about gay and trans people like none this is no nowhere in the world is truly safe for queer people and anyone who pretends and acts like they care about queer people in order to justify genocide in order to be genocide apologists should kill themselves exactly like the reality that queer and palestine liberation are connected as soviet 
post podcast um, commented, and the fact that they are inextricably linked does not mean that the only reason or the basis for your solidarity with the Palestinian people is because there are gay people um, in Palestine. I think possibly if you are very dedicated to gay politics and that's like you're in to hearing that, like you can control how you hear about something for the first time. But if like you don't care about Palestinians, period, and your only interest in this is because it is now popular to see it also as a queer issue. Is like that isn't really a principled stance. Not at all. You need to learn more and you need to be better for real. Gays for Hamas. Yeah. Gays Uh, for Hamas. Literally. Literally gay people for Hamas. You know what? I should have renamed the Latin. No. Oh, help, 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 help. But, uh, but yeah, I think that is all for today. Yeah, we did. We really, we really had to get that out there in the face of all this busyness, but also just what's happening. And obviously, if you follow my personal or Sunny's account, or even obviously the podcast account, you know what we've thought, or if you follow me on Twitter or the Twitter account. Um, but there's just been so much and it's been so ongoing, uh, that we had to, yeah, and, and put out a lot and actually speak about it in a way that, um, is accessible to you, our listeners and followers, and is also within our capabilities right now with just how Mm -hmm. our lives are looking. Yeah. And this episode will be up on wherever you listen to our our episodes our podcast episodes um soon eventually probably just you know unedited or anything and shitty audio from the from my phone from my phone of renaissance's voice so you know really throw back to the very beginning of the podcast people never listen to us because of our audio quality (laughs) (laughs) top reason why people are listening to us it is all about content and what we have to say yeah and what we have to say and not about the audio quality (laughs) and that's how we know who's really about it that's how we know who people who's about about it because Mm -hmm. if you are you'll push through the The crunchy shit no for real but yeah thank you for joining us um Mm -hmm. bye bye comrades